0: Voice of the Black and Amber Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM Chadwick's sponsoring Sunday evening Talk Sport on CRKC
1: 88.7 FM And on a very very busy weekend for sport we are going to go kill that team now and we're going to go straight to Richie Power in uh, Johns Park. Richie how's your game going with Johnstown?
2: Yeah, just uh Nicky, about 52 minutes gone, and they're singing it's all square of 13 points apiece. The real thing, Don Batt, is it's out typical knockout relegation, semi final. You know, a lot of pressure on both teams, but uh, it's 13 points apiece, uh, Nicky, with roughly maybe 8, 9 minutes to go.
1: Does it have the stiff of extra time about it?
2: Well, I like tell you, uh, Nicky's gone very dark down here, but. I'm not to they, they, they say because i have say they have at least been level I'd say, six times in, in, in the 52 or 3 minutes that's after being played. So, look, extra time definitely is on the cards.
1: OK, Will you, Richie, we'll be back to you shortly. Thanks, Richie, for that. OK, that's Richie powered down in uh, Johns Park. We'll be back to Richie shortly. And uh, let's go to uh, the games that took place yesterday. This also took place in Johns Park. It was the uh, Young Ireland's versus Aurora in the Stee game. But before we go to that, we're going to talk about the championship and the relegation games. The league final, the Shield final. Championship draws at half six. We're hoping to pick up those from Dolan Park. Uh, the junior hurling games, we have those. We have minor games, some soccer results, hockey, rugby, and of course, horse racing as well. So lots going on. But let's start with uh, Gordon versus... Roar in the Steag. Michael League Motors Intermediate Hurling Championship. Young Ireland's three hundred twenty, roaring the Steag sixteen points. An impressive Young Ireland's country solved the challenge of roaring the Steag in the Michael League Motors Intermediate Hurling Championship in Saint John's Park yesterday afternoon. This was a top class performance from the Gordon men, with goals at key stages of the game, deflating their southern opponents. New Orleans have shown a steady and consistent improvement throughout the league and this reached new heights yesterday afternoon with a performance that displayed huge work rate and no little hurling skill and teamwork. There was little to separate the sides in the opening quarter and certainly no indication that the margin of the finish might be 13 points. Pointed frees from Michael Galvin, in the and Paddy Langton, New Ireland opened the scoring but in that opening quarter Defences generally dominated with the sides scoring 4 points each. The first goal of the game arrived on 18 minutes and it was a brilliantly executed score from the winners. Mikey Carey started the move in defence with the ball eventually reaching his brother Sean, who laid it off to Paul Holden. Holden bagged a brace of goals last week for his team and he was never going to miss this latest opportunity to put his side into a 1-4 to 4-point lead. Playing with the breeze, Rory and his responded well to that goal with Rory and Michael Galvin landing points and Mikey Carey responding for Young Ireland's. A Tom Murphy point on the 30th minute mark after a George Murphy pass saw Roar in the take the lead but he did not last long as straight from the puck out Rory in the felt clear when Sean Carey tapped the ball on the ground to Ted Ray he bagged a second Gordon goal Ray added a point almost immediately to open up a three point margin for his side Young Ireland's though had a big let off in injury time when a Tom Murphy shot came back off the upright but it was the Gordon men who finished the first half the better, with Paul Holden pointing a free to see his side ahead 2-6 to 9 points. Young Ireland's dominated the second half, with and Steve struggling to get back into the game. Jim Ryan was their only forward who posed a serious threat, and his two early points in the second half hinted at a strong second period from his team. As was the case in Kilmana last week. Paddy Langton at left half-back was the standout player for the winners, with his forays up the wing landing another five points to the one he scored from a free in the first half. Roar Innistee's failure to mark the Gordon wing back was to prove costly. The game was put out of the Roar Innistee's reach when Jack Brennan scored their third goal 15 minutes into the second half. Two points was all the Roar Innistee could muster in the final quarter through Jim Ryan and Conor Joyce Free. The winners added further points of their own through Paul Holden, Paddy Langton, Ted Reid, Paddy Brennan, and Sean Farrell. The winners are finding excellent form at the right time and will be a handful for whoever they meet in the championship quarter-final. The defeat brings an end to the championship season for Rory Nastig. The they played their first match on Saturday, August the fifth, and their final game yesterday, Saturday the sixteenth of September. I'm sure, listeners, you have worked out that that's a period of six weeks. The players can probably expect to resume some kind of hurling action, perhaps next March 2024. And they said that the split season is to help the club player. Dear listener, try and work that one out. Final score from St. John's Park. Young Ireland's three twenty. Roar in a Stieg, sixteen points. And uh, Barry Henriquez has joined me in the studio. And he may have something to say about that, but he was down in Thomastown yesterday evening watching Moonkind take on the blacks and whites in the first round of the championship, just as the was
3: the Gordon and Young Ireland's game. Barry, take it away. Very sneaky. Yeah, yeah. The the final <laughs> having said thanks Nicky. uh the final scores and I should be looking for final scores here in my paper, but the final score actually turned out to be three twelve formunkoin or sorry three twenty two formunko three twelve for um for the blacks and whites' an interesting game blacks and Whites started with the breeze in their f with the uh, with their uh, had the breeze in their favor and the blacks and whites came tearing at him uh for this very first couple of seconds, the blacks and whites had a chance of two separately go separate goals in at, inside thirty seconds. But the Moolkind defence, which is very good on the night, uh, Ray Car- Ryan, Carl and Aidan Doyle were absolutely brilliant, prevented that. But was and took all the way, uh, point for point all the way. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it really started to move early on when in the uh, the first goal came in the seventeenth, eighteen minute of play, and that was for the blacks and whites. That was a Sean. Dunn Point that Sean Doyle point preceded uh, a point that was a goal scored by the same player. and Mooncoin were rattled at that stage, but uh, then just on the uh, about five, seven minutes later, Adam Croak, the Mooncoin left off, or Adam Croak, the Mooncoin right corner forward, he was very busy, very active, very good. He stuck the ball in the back of the net and left the score with Mooncoin 1 7, Blacks and Whites 1 5. Now, that, that was a great score for the Blacks and because they had to turn around to face the wind in the uh, in that second half, and then just in the 27th minute of the first half, another Blacks and Whites attack, they got a ball on the edge of the square and they rammed it home, and that was put in by the full forward, Sean, Sanborn who had a terrific game for the Blacks and Whites he got a goal and a goal and two points at that stage, he preceded that goal with two points, and it gave uh, the Blacks and Whites a lead, two goals and seven points, that's 13 points to one goal and eight, that's 11 points um, and just and we went on to the in towards the end of the first half, the uh, mooncoin got, uh, got a second goal or sorry, the Blacks and Whites got a second goal and had had a half time score reading. The uh, Blacks and Whites had two goals and eight points, the uh, lads had one goal and eleven two, eight, two threes is six and eight is fourteen. fourteen, two eleven and three is fourteen. Pat Tracy picked me up on my uh, mathematics at that stage second half Mooncoin had it all to do but strange as it may seem the wind died per, uh, visually and perceptibly died in that second half it suited Mooncoin and they got uh, in the, uh, in the uh, four and a half minutes after the start of that first half there was only two points between the sides with Mooncoin leading uh, by uh, one point, and then Sam Byrne got a point for the uh blacks and whites. And the Munkind then wasted a couple of good scores, but in the uh f- t- 11 minute mark, Keane Harry, can I just yeah, sure, be very bold? We'll let you back to that in a minute because we have Richie on the line. Richie, that big game
1: on John's power, what's the latest? You there, Richie? Hello, Hello? What's the yep, yeah, 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 um.
2: Right, about 3 minutes to go Nicky and it's Schock, 14 points the Phoenix 14 Phoenix have a, a 3 now in front of the goal to make this uh, 14 points a piece. if you stay with me Mac Webster he's up to the unerring uh, all evening on threes I think he had only one, uh, one more either. he's up for score from every Yang he's very very good on him all evening um, probably probably Nicky 2 to 3 minutes and maybe normal time left and I'd say for the all square when Mac Webster picked this ball and he's just gone down to pick it now Straight,
1: straight out of there, okay. We'll be back to you in a moment. Thanks, Richie, for that. Take care, okay. And we'll go back to battle.
3: Yeah, as the 11th minute in that second half, it all turned from Mooncoin's way. Mark, uh, Mark Cairns got a point, put two points between the sides, and then, uh, Quilty. Their corner, the uh, their corner forward, Kieran Quilty, worked the ball in, and he slammed the ball to the back of the net. That left Munkine in front by two fifteen to two ten. There was five points between the sides, and with all due respect to uh, the blacks and whites lads, it was really was a, an uphill battle from there to the finish. Munkine really put the. Uh, uh, pressed the button pressed the, put the pedal, foot on the pedal and they actually went They went uh, point for point all the way to the finish and in all honesty they certainly deserved to win the match as I thought because uh, even though it was a tough hard match and the blacks and whites never gave up the ghost they actually got a goal uh, just on the call of full time left the score at full time 322, 312, 10 points between the sides Mankind, by far the cl- more clinical team in the second half but they got a rude awakening in that first half. I thought the blacks and whites would win it from half time because they were going to turn around with the with the wind in their favour, but the the wind let them down, but they let themselves down at the end of the day. to so Mooncoyne comfortably in front at full time, 3.22, 3.12. Thank you, Barr. We'll touch
1: on some of that in a moment. OK, we'll get this game out of the way first because this was like the one in Johns Park, a do-or-die game as well with Conaghan and O'Loughlin Gales in Muckalee last night. Here's how it went. Michael e. Motors Intermediate Hurling Championship Connie Shamrocks one seventeen or Lachlan Gale 16 pints This Michael Lee Motors Sorry we'll have to put that one in again Let's see Michael e. Motors Intermediate Hurling Championship Connie Shamrocks one seventeen or Lachlan Gale 16 pints This Michael Lee Motors Intermediate Hurling Championship game in Muckalee yesterday evening doubled as a relegation semi-final so there was a lot at stake for the 5pm showdown Both teams had poor league campaigns but that did not matter as they served up a highly enjoyable and competitive contest. O'Loughlin Gales had first advantage of the breeze at the splendidly prepared Buckley pitch. 40 seconds into the game, James Berrigan pointed a free for Conaghy, but then the city side missed a couple of scoreable frees of their own before corner forward Kevin Murphy tied the game in five minutes. That effort from Murphy might well have been a goal, the only time the O'Loughlin Gales lads threatened to raise a green flag during the game. The City side enjoyed a lot of possession in the first half, but almost every time they scored, Coney responded. Sean Bulger, after those two early misses, was excellent from place balls, with Connehy's James Berrigan equally impressive. But both teams will need to reflect on the concession of so many frees during the game. Ryan Points was a constant threat at wing forward for the City side, as was Gary Kelly on the edge of the square, and he had a great battle with Connehy full-back Philly Cass. The result of that contest was an honourable draw. A couple of the O'Loughlin Gales scores in the first half came from turnover ball in their opponent's defence. A few short Conaghy clearances were fluffed with O'Loughlin Gales punishing those defensive lapses with points. Conaghy showed great character throughout the opening half with their response to each O'Loughlin Gale score and some fine work in attack saw Edmund Delaney landed a delightful point on 27 minutes. Two minutes earlier, Conaghy almost grabbed their first goal with James Berrigan's well-hit shot brilliantly saved by Jamie Malone in the O'Loughlin Gales goal. Berrigan pointed the result in 65. Conaghy did manage to raise a green flag two minutes into first half injury time when a Tom Rice cross was fielded by James Berrigan. He soloed 15 metres to plant the ball into Lachlan net. It was turning out to be a big score and it saw those winners leading 1-7 to 8 points at the interval. Sean Bulger from a free and a 65 tied the game five minutes into the second half. Conaghy steadied and landed four points without reply to James Berrigan, two frees and Tom Rice. Those scores gave Connie momentum, but Ryan Points responded with a well-taken point and 14 minutes for the City side. Remarkably that would be their last score from play for the remainder of the game. Connie added further points to Tom Rice, Darden Cuddy, and Donald Brennan, with the Lachlan Gales depending on Sean Bulger pointed freeze to say and their opponent's coattails. Throughout the final quarter, the winner's defense excelled. Gary Kelly was now located on the half forward line with his height and advantage, and he plucked a couple of balls out of the air but ended up being fouled. Sean Bulger punished Connie in discretion on every occasion. Connie had an opportunity to move six points clear but missed the close in free. Straight from the puck out, a Gales pointed at the other end to bring the margin back to four points. That score made for an exciting finale. The margin was back to a goal on 26 minutes when Bulger again punished Connie in discipline. He actually landed 10 points from place balls, nine frees, and a 65 during the game. Connie though held firm with a brilliant over shoulder point from the wing from Kieran Mooney and another from the hard-working Tom Phelan from the opposite wing. The commitment from both teams was commendable, with little between the sides for much of the game. The winners were that little bit sharper than their opponents in attack, with that first-half goal for Connaughty ultimately proving to be the key score of an enjoyable game. Final score from Muckalee, Connaughty-Shammocks 117, O'Loughlin-Gales 16 points. Well, it's relegation for O'Loughlin-Gales, and sadly, Richie Power, it's relegation final for Carrick Shock 2. That's right,
2: Nicky, that's right. Uh... Fiennes uh, finished, uh, finished with two, they finished with a brilliant sideline cut, I, I, I didn't get who actually took it, and then uh, they, got a, they went for a goal, uh, the, a ball that was lost on the half-back line, Caryshoff fumbled it, they went in with a Dan Blanch for a half a brilliant save it. it, was all of the bar. Um, look at, <coughs> Caryshoff had, had theories-wise, Nicky, but like I said, you, you know, you have to take your chances when you're in knocked-out knocked out competition, and we had 17 wives over the 60 minutes and uh, we played a heavy price at the end. But look, at all you, all, all three are to be honest to Johnstown. They stayed at
1: it, stayed at it, But that doesn't surprise anyone, does it? No, they? it doesn't. And I always said, I said, of the all the teams who might go down, it won't be Johnstown and it was held up. Richie, I know you want to go back to your own lads there to commiserate. Thanks for that, Richie. We'll let you go. OK, thanks. Yeah. OK, thanks, that, no was, that was Richie Power there. And uh, Barry, it just goes to show these Johnstown men. They just, Where do they get it from? They, the they, they just don't know when to uh, when to take
3: the fees. It just doesn't happen, isn't it? It's in their amaz- DNA, isn't, it, isn't it, it? Amazing, isn't it's, it
1: amazing? Yeah
3: absolutely, yeah, absolutely, And they they skirt with it every time, every every, every for the last few years they've been they skirting with danger all the time, the relegation danger, and they still come out on top by the odd point and always with a late late run. Absolutely, you know they never lead from the front, but they're in front when it matters well, on the got line.
1: Those late points came from a line ball from Conor Tobin and a point from Padraig O'Grady to put them and 14 up so sadly for Kerry Shock is Kerry Shock and Lachlan Gales are in the final Conaghy and the Fiennes will move into the draw which will take place shortly down in UPMC Nolan Park. We better take a break ourselves Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM Chadwick's sponsoring Sunday Evening TalkSport on CRKC 88.7 FM. Yeah, welcome back to Talk Sport and we had the Shield final in there. We'll give you that report before we have the league final. Dun & Megan and St. Martins. Paddy Kelly was there for us.
4: St. Martin's and Dunhamagan met in the Michael Ling Intermediate Shield Final in UPMC Nolan Park on a Sunday afternoon, in which the match ended for victory for Dunhamagan on a scoreline of 125 to St. Martin's 13 points. Dunhamagan started like a train with them scoring five points in the first five minutes of the match. Conor Hoban opened it with a point from playing the first minute. Darren and Joe Fitzpatrick in the second and third minute from play. Connor Hoban from play in the fourth minute and a free in the fifth minute score. Dunamagen, five points to St. Martin's, no score. St. Martin's steady the ship with a point from play by corner forward Jamie Marcy and another point from centre back Brian Cody in the seventh minute. Dunamagen, five points, St. Martin's, two points. Dunamagen centre back Michael Cody pointed from a free to extend Dunamagen's lead in the eighth minute. St. Martin's James Downing scored a superb point from play from the sideline from about 50 metres out to the Gap. And with Shane Kinsey free, the score Dunamagen 6 points, St. Martin's 4 points after 12 minutes. Dunamagen's Darren Fitzpatrick pointed from play in the 13th minute. A brace of frees for each team were swapped with Shane Kinsey for St. Martin's and Conor Holman for, for Dunamagen. Score Dunamagen 9 points, St. Martin's 6 points. 22 minutes gone. Dunamagan's Joe Fitzpatrick and Aiden, Pat, Aiden Fitzpatrick points from playing the 23rd and 24th minutes to give them a cushion. But St. Martin's centre back Brian Cody from playing the 25th minute, followed by a Shane Kinsler point from playing the 26th minute, left it at Donegal 11 points to St. Martin's 8 points. The first half closed out with a Shane Kinsler free for from St. Martin's in the 28th minute, and with Joe Donegal's Joe Fitzpatrick a sub for Luke Fitzpatrick and Conor Hoban free, left the score at Dunamaghan 13 points to St Martins, 9 points, half-time score. Donegal had a line share of the possession, but St Martins game he stayed in the game in a free-flowing first half. Donegal started the second half much like the first half, scores from John Fitzpatrick in the 34th minute, Joe Fitzpatrick with a point from play, and it was the score of the game with great build-up play and a fabulous strike from a long range to further Dunamagans' lead. John Fitzpatrick added another point from play in the 36th minute, replying to a Russell Healy score from St Martin's in the 35th minute. Score: Dunhamagans 16 points, St Martin's 10 points. St Martin's keeper brought off a fabulous save but Dunhamagans were ramping up the pressure. A brace of points from play from Joe Fitzpatrick in the 38th and the 39th minute, and with Adam Fitzpatrick hitting the crossbar of the St. Martins goal more by accident than than intentional as he was going for a point at the time. Dunhamaghan scoring with ease, a freeze by Conor Hoban in the 42nd minute and John Fitzpatrick point from play in the 45th minute, putting distance between them and St. Martins. A goal was the only thing missing from the, this dominant display by Dunhamaghan, but that came in the 48th minute, when Andy Hickey gave a measured pass across the goal mode of St. Martins to, to forward John Fitzpatrick, who duly dispatched to the back of the St. Martins net. Score 120, Dunhamaghan, St. Martins, 11 points. Dunhamaghan closed out the game with points from play by Dennis Walsh from play, Michael Cody a free and one from play, Andy Hickey from play, Conor Hoban free and um, the response by St Martins was freeze from the stick of Shane Kinsta and he scored one in injury time leaving the score at Donegal Dunham- 125 to St Martins 13 points. Donegal dominant in both halves but got more reward in their second half display scoring 112 where St. Martin's only registered four points in this half. Dunhamagan forwards work great, both being their first line of defence and being more technical scoring in the second half, with their defence tightening things uh, with, as well with Michael Cody and Captain Victor Costo, aided in a bit by the other quartets of defenders, ensure that Dunhamagan will go into the intermediate draw in fine spirits. St. Martins, while fielding a much-changed team than normal, will have to regroup and put this match behind them and get their momentum up and running again. This is Paddy Kelly for Community Radio, Kenny City, 88.7 FM.
1: Our thanks to Paddy Kelly. Now, we hope to get to UPMC Nolan Park for half six. We're waiting on our man to get down there. And the Michael League Motors Intermediate League final that took place in UPMC Nolan Park. Today, I was at that game. It was Thomastown 18 points. Liz Downing 111. While well, Thomason got this afternoon's uh, intermediate uh, league final in UPMC in Northern Park, they won it in a game that they will not linger long in the memory. It was a drab affair with both teams clearly having not won but both eyes on next week's intermediate quarter finals. And you know what? It's hard to blame them. The merits of this league final and the earlier Shield final have to be questioned, as they are no more than glorified challenge games. Liz Downing led us seven points to six at the interval with the sides level on a couple of occasions in the opening quarter. Andrew McElroy landed five points from frees for Liz Downey in the first half, with Willie and Owen Kenny getting the other two points. Thomastown should have led at the interval, but they shot nine wides. Robbie Donnelly and Jack Holden were the main marksmen for the Thomastown lads in the first half. The winners stepped up the tempo in the second half, starting with a nearly Jack Holden pint. Although Niall Brennan pointed for Liz Downey, the winners hit seven points without reply through Jack Holden, Robbie Donnelly two, two from play in, uh, one from playing free, Two superb long-range efforts from Alex Cass and two further pints from Peter MacDonald and Luke Connellan. The margin now stood at six pints with Michael Kenney finally stopping the Thomastown momentum, albeit briefly, with a Liz Downey point. As the game ebbed towards the conclusion, Thomastown continued to control matters with Luke Connellan and Jack Holden adding further pints. Liz Downey battled bravely with Charlie Brennan pointing, Ryan Staunton landed another Thomaston point in the cusp of full-time, with Liz Downey managing to make the scoreboard look a little belter, a little better with a late goal from Niall Brennan, who pulled on a long free from Abel and Maccabay to score. That score saw Thomaston run out deserving 18 111 winners in a game that will be quickly forgotten. Final score from UPMC, Nolan Park, Thomastown, 18 points, Liz Downey, 111. Now, we won't have any more uh, chats on or any more reports for a moment because we're going to be going, let's say, to Nolan Park shortly. We'll get the message from our man down there. But, Barry, the Intermediate Championship is uh, is hotting up, but... uh, the top four teams after the league played in Nolan Park today, and uh, you wouldn't want to be reading anything into those games. There were total shadow boxing.
3: Well, absolutely, you know, and, and like now the game, the, the, whole, the whole scenario is getting very, very serious <coughs> indeed. And, and Nicky, I was ta- talking to you there at the outset when you made the point about um, these these games are. What were you talking about there earlier at the opening when you, you maintained, you made some statement about uh, uh, they have the. Some of these teams, oh, yeah, they will some not of these linger long in the memory, is yeah, what I said. They won't linger long in the memory. And, and, like, you have to look at some of the teams that have been eliminated already. I mean, I. The blacks and whites won't hit another ball in in anger until next August. Well, I said that, that
1: in, my, t- in my in my report in, your, in, report, in yeah, my yeah. report on the Gordon game. I said Gordon or Rory and Stieg played their first match on the fifth of August. Yeah, they played their last match on the sixteenth of September, and yeah. a period of six weeks. Now they won't be back in the hurling again in any type of competition until next March. Mm. But we know the way Kilkenny uh, reflect take leagues, burn cups, and all that. So it'll be next August by the time they're playing. How is that going to help? For it's, clubs not, it's not going to help. Where, think, where's the big, logic in that? Thing? Now, people will, will come back and will say we'll say to us, uh, Ash, look, Kenny, you don't have football, and we, I know now we can go down a different road there, yeah. but also, you don't take leagues seriously. The other counties do, not all of them. Yeah. Therefore, that's the, that's the problem. So while well, the inter-county players are off doing what they have to do, to be yeah. fair, uh, the club player is, um, is really not getting intense competition. It's... Uh, it's a fair type of hurling, to be honest about it. And we have a, we've a, I think the GA has a problem on that one. Now, there will be other counties will come back and say, no, that's not the case, we have decent leagues. But inter-county players might turn around and say, this is great for us now, we get a definite time at our club. So, mm. it's not black and white, to be honest about it.
3: Well, it is black and white, Nicky, When you uh, listening to your report there about the th- that match in the park today, the Thomas Stone game in the park. I mean, as you say, and rightly so. And a lot of those games are wishy washy things. That they're they're no, uh, no, no no games, in my opinion. A lot of that league games, that league stuff is is a is a is a, is a, a training session well, con- for a lot of times. Contrasted with the
1: game you were at and the game I was at last night. And now it- I know Munkine ran out good winners in the end. They did, yeah. Uh, contrasted with the game that's just after being played down the road there, if you, if, if few moments ago yeah. Um, th- there was a lot at stake in all of those games it, they, were, they were a world of difference absolutely
3: them in absolutely. I've seen the Blacks and Whites play and they really gave it every ounce of energy that was in them last night and they, they could have won it but at the end of the day the kind has, they actually readdressed the whole scenario at half time and they obviously came out with a different game plan altogether and they, they got their full forward line working and Pat Walsh was there and and, uh, John, and Crowley, young Crowley was there as well and the two of them hurled very well but at the end of the day, there was a different, a different moon kind came that came out in the second half, and uh, okay. you know they they the, the deserve to win, but it was serious, serious hurling last night. Okay, we'll keep talking, but Seamus
1: Brophy is going to get Pat Tracy on the phone yeah. for us because we'll go live to Northern Park uh, when Seamus gets that. You have his, you uh, have his number. So Barry, t- talk to the nation there for a minute maybe, and uh, and uh, tell him how. To, tell him
3: how to yeah, ask but it. like at the end of at the at the end of the day, Nicky, you and I, we've gone through a whole season of league matches. And like... They were iffy. They were wishy-washy. They were there were non-events as far as I was concerned. Like there was effort, but there was a limited kind of effort. And there was a big, I tell you, it, insignificant. They were. We had programs that were produced, and not, none of the clubs, none of the clubs actually produced, or notified Gerry O'Neill of the anything close to the teams that were going to be lining out. I I did a match last weekend, and there were nine changes on the program. Now, if you're telling me that that's taking a league series. Okay, I think, think you... we
1: might have uh, Pat Tracy on the line now. No, Pat, are you there?
3: <coughs> yeah. Okay, what's what have
1: we white smoke down there in UPMC uh, Northern uh, Park? Uh,
0: we certainly have and uh, Call it out. Uh Thomastown versus Fenians. one St Martin's versus Munkine. <sighs>
1: <sighs> <sighs> yeah.
0: do against Young Ireland.
1: Why and yeah. Liz Downey versus Connie. Liz Downey
3: versus Connie. <laughs> Was that not destined to happen? Yeah, well, look, at they had a right
1: battle a few weeks ago there, not in Valley Ragged in horrible conditions, which uh, Liz Downey won with a late score. So, um, yeah, those games will be on next weekend. And uh, look, Pat, uh, we'll talk to you. You'll be coming back up here anyway. You can talk about that uh, county final when you get back up here. We'll reflect on that and we'll talk to you when you get back up. And thanks for that. Okay, thanks, Pat. Okay, that's Pat Tracy. Let's recap on that again because that's more because people are listening to us out there. It's Thomastown versus the Feenians. Yeah. It's Saint Martins versus Moonkind. Mm. It's Donegal versus Young Irelands, and it's Liz Downey versus
3: Conaghy. Barry, ref- reflect on uh, on those on those games. I, I think there's only really one of those four games that I can forecast a probable winner. I'm only saying probable. Okay, and let's not start possible. then. Thomastown versus Feenians. Thomastown Fenians. Well, I, I have to go with Thomastown because I think they're the foreign team in the intermediate uh, competition so far. The Fien- they they didn't die with their boots on again. They came from the jaws of death to hammer out a good win today against Carry Shock and save themselves from being getting into a relegation battle again. Um, I would fancy Thomas Town for to do that because they they have improved on last year and they've been in the there thereabouts and the, when the whips were cracking they were there thereabouts. But at the end of the day, when the line came up, they were not the team in front for the last three or four years, and they came to croak. Nolan Park with a big reputation but they failed to get across the line but I still have to say that they w- might take care of the Phoenix. Now there's one. Martin's St. Martins and Munkind. Moon well,
1: And Martins now were okay in the first
3: half today very poor in the second half. Moon mm, very poor in the first very average in the first half and very good in the second half. I'd, I'd have to go with Moon I haven't seen St. Martins but I have to give the nod to him to Moon on that one. Um, then the other one was uh, the the uh, um, who was who well, was the well, third well, one? Donegal and oh, Young Ireland. Jung- no, listen. I think that's going to be a decent Ooh, game. Well, Young Ireland's mean. are, are <laughs> steadily improving the whole time, and Donegal are good contenders as well. Well, Young Ireland's uh, listening, looking at the score, listening to you talking about it because you were at it. And I value your your opinion, but Young Ireland's. I thought uh, Donegal were a team that I'd be marking in with a little bit of consideration for the Intermediate championship, but uh, listening to you, Young Ireland's. I mean, they slaughtered. They slaughtered you. Uh, uh, the, carry, roar. Uh, the roar yesterday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't they, or did they? They did. They were. They is were superb. Is that a powerful.
1: true reflection of the game? Well, last week, Paddy Langton, the left half back, scored four brilliant points from play. Yeah. In the first half yesterday, got a point from a long range free, and he scored five from play in the second half. Yeah. So I think if anyone from Dunhamagan was watching that, they'll have to say we better mark that guy anyway. But they're moving very well. Their team play, work ethic, everything is and Mikey really good. The is back. He's
3: playing excellent.
1: Is excellent. He? excellent
3: and, and and Sean is playing well. Yeah, very well. Well,
1: he set up two of the, the first two goals there as well. they no, are. very very good. Now. <laughs> yeah. Cloddy, I, I, Liz Downey, one, on, okay, your, Con- your work. Liz
3: Downey and Connie, um, I've seen Liz Downey uh, three times this year already, and they're a they're a work like workman like team that they, they, they try very hard. they are good hurlers up the middle of their team, but I'm not going to get it sure. I sure. Haven't seen Connie, so I have to reserve my judgment there. But having seen Connie, they're good. Uh, they the locks a bit of a trimming up in Tullerone I've seen them before that as well and uh, from be- going on what I've seen and not seen, I have to, I'll go with Liz Downey but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you contradicted me no, I I, no basis for contradicting. I saw Connie yesterday and I was delighted with the way well, they played yeah, a workman like
1: performance. Yeah. Gutsy display, give him credit. That's going go t- to the wire, this one. Ah, oh, it will yeah. Okay, we had minor matches today in, uh, you, in uh, the MW Higher Centre in Dunmore. The two minor A finals. Here's the reports from our two Kierans first Nari, second Muldowney.
5: James Stevens ran out convincing winners of the Kenny Honda Centre minor A hurling championship semi final over a Lock Gales and MW Higher Dunmore on Sunday afternoon with a Scoreline is 6, 18 to 13 points. The opening stages were even enough with Ed McDermott and Greg Kelly exchanging scores. Then this was followed by two points from... Broke Sweeney, one from free, and one to a play to push O'Loughlin's into a 3 points to one lead in the fifth minute. Ed McDermott then hit over a free, which was followed by an excellent point from Bill McDermott to leave a 3 points apiece in the ninth minute. Then the first goal of the game came. O'Loughlin's had been living dangerously at the back. Ed McDermott got through. Daniel McCormick played his best in the Loughlin's goal, but the ball trickled over the lines, to one-three to three. Rourke Sweeney then hit over a free before two pints from Bill McDermott, one from play and one from a free left at 1-5-4 and heading towards the 20 minute. Keane Byrne got then a point for to leave at 1-5-5 before a brilliant save from Daniel McCarma from Ed McDermott deflects the ball over the bar to leave O'Loughlin's 1-6-5 in front. Rourke Sweeney then and Ed McDermott exchanged frees to leave at 1-7-6 to heading towards the 22nd minute before Bill McDermott got in with another point from play to leave at 1-8-6 points. Greg Kelly was training his hardest for Lachlan's and he hit over his second point from play. A great individual's run off the hurdle and over the bar to leave eight to 7 before Bill McDermott added another brilliant point to leave it seven points. Ed McDermott and Keane Byrne then exchanged points to leave it to 8 heading towards half-time before Sean Bergen got in the act to leave it 1.11-8. Then the killer blow came for O'Loughlin Gales just before half-time. Ed McDermott got his second goal to leave it 2.11-8 points. Rourke Sweeney did hit over a point for O'Loughlin just before half-time, but this was cancelled out by Ned McDermott, free to leave at 2-12-9. It was all, all all James Stevens in the second half, and credit to O'Loughlin to stay battling, but two further goals from Ed McDermott and a brilliant goal from Alan Larkin really drove on the James Stevens attack. O'Loughlin still tried their, their hardest. Greg Kelly got a good individual score, but... Well, James Stevens just proved too strong for our Lachlans on the day and booked their place in the county final against Dunhamagan on a final scoreline of 6.18 to 13 points.
6: Minor A Hurling Championship semi-final. 2 2.20, Aaron Zone one twenty one. An outstanding minor semi-final in Dunmore this morning just about went the way of Dunamaghan, who got the better of a valiant Aaron's own team following an absorbing clash. The early stages were very close and the teams were level on five occasions in the opening 13 minutes. Six points apiece after 13 minutes. Cahill Buckley, Scott MacDonald and Tim Doherty hitting the scores for Dunamaghan with Owen Brennan, James Coogan and Kevin Boogie getting the scores for Aaron's own. Dunhamaghan then went on a purple patch and hit four in a row Brian Hickey and Ross O'Neill with two excellent points being the chief scorers and on the 17th minute they led 10 points to six Robert Coogan did get one for Comer in reply but Ross O'Neill got his third in the 20th minute Tim Doherty with th- three frees just before half time responded to well with points from Jake Connery and Robert Coogan and at half time it was Donegal who led 14 points to 10 Aaron's own came out with all guns blazing for the second half and Owen Brennan immediately pointed a free. However, dunne responded well. Cahill Buckley finishing to the net, he doubled on the ball after excellent work from Conor Lawton who brought the ball in from the left-hand side, played it across and from close range Buckley doubled on it into the net. Aaron's own were not to be done however and Kevin Boogie got a goal back for them immediately, winning the ball in the centre-forward position, tearing through and burying it in the net from 21 yards out. One fifteen to one eleven in favour of Dunhamegan after thirty-seven minutes. James Coogan and Scott MacDonald traded points before Robert Coogan and James Coogan again narrowed the gap back to two for Aaron Zone as they went in a patch where they hit seven out of eight points. James Coogan in particular, playing very well. Owen Brennan with a free. Jake Connery, Jack Comerford, all hitting the target. And by the 49th minute, it was the Aaron's own men who were in front, 117 to 116. Tim Doherty leveled the scores with another free in the 51st minute, however Owen Brennan from play and James Coogan from play saw Aaron Zone go into a two point lead, 119 to 117 after 54 minutes the lively Breen Hickey got his second point to narrow the gap back to just one and in the 56th minute we had the decisive score, Tim Doherty picking the ball up in the left corner forward position taking on his man and from a narrow angle he finished to the net with a low finish, 218 to 119 in favour of Dunham Erin's own did respond with another point by Jack Cogan, but Sean Lawton and a Tim Doherty free saw them seal a very famous win in an outstanding game. The final score: Donegal 220,
0: Erin's Own 121. The Voice of the Black and Amber Community
1: Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Chadwick's sponsoring the Sunday evening talk sport on CRKC 88.7 FM. Yeah, welcome back. Now we'll be going to Derek Dooley in a moment, but just the camogie results today. The junior league semi finals John Knox, wine 220, the borough 313 after extra time. Greg Damana, 12, two 24. Intermediate semi finals. O'Loughlin Gales, 10 pints. Munkine, 8 pints. Roar in the 210. St. Lactans, 19. Senior semi finals. The 217. Wine up 15. Piltown, 322. James Stevens, 17 thanks to Aoife Lanagan. well Dane's Fort uh, didn't have enough in power to take on Aaron own yesterday in the E County Final Derek Dooley so a bit of disappointment but great date, uh, for the lads to get that far as well anyway one must say that
7: absolutely great for young players to experience of Park on the final day and young and coming hurlers to get into that frame of a county final so, Aaron's own Catholic Comer fully justified their favourite tag as they easily overcame James in their junior E-county final in Northern Park on Saturday. Both sides had a useful mix of youth and experience, but it was Aaron's own combination that proved stronger on the day. The Comer men asserted the dominance of the first quarter with ace forward Michael Brennan, scoring three points in the opening ten minutes, which were added to by scores from Paul Mullins and Conor Slack. James Ford's sole response was an excellent point from the young Harry Lanigan Aaron's own five points, James Ford one. In the 12th minute, old stalwart board Borden hit 1-1 in a minute for Aaron's own, giving them a comfortable eight-point lead Connor Clark added another for Comer before James Ford hit back with Jamie feeling free in a point from Deanna Fitzpatrick. Jimmy Comerford pointed for the Comer men in reply Carlowian added two points for Dance Fort in reply to, Mike, to a Michael Brennan free. Free was then swapped between Jamie Field and two and Michael Brennan one, leaving Aaron's own in control by 110 to seven points after 25 minutes. Aaron's own finished the half with three unanswered points for Michael Brennan two and Jimmy Crawford one. Half time score Aaron's own, 113, Dance Fort seven. The second half opened with the indomitable Michael Brennan scoring two points. Then, in the sixth minute, Dance Ford were reduced to 14 men when Jamie Thielen received a second yellow card. However, Dance Ford showed a in response. A robust effort from the Dance Ford men saw Anthony Ireland wall playing his first game back uh, in months after a serious injury, scoring 1-2, leaving six points between the teams after the 46th minute. Airden's own was one fifteen, then four one nine. In the seventeen minutes, John Kenny hit Airden's own second goal. Anthony Iron Wall replied with a free immediately after, which was to be the last score of his side. The final 10 minutes saw Michael Brennan take over with three unanswered points, two free, and one can play. In the 29th minute, John Kenny put a cap on it all when he got in for his second goal, and Castle Comer finishing with a Michael Brennan point. Leaving the final score... Airden's own 319, against Fort 110. Michael Brennan was the most outstanding player on view, racking up an impressive 13 points of Ayrton's own tally. Do not be surprised if you see this young hurler featured next week's first round championship for Castle Comer against Money with Bass. He was ably assisted by Pader Borden and John Kenny, where uh, Damien Fogarty and Shane Rice proved best in defense. Dance Fort Good performers from you know, Harry Lannigan, Marcus Patrick, Kevin O'Keefe, uh, Jim Maher, Michael Miles. Final score again Ayrton's own
1: 319, four, 4110. Derek, we thank you for that, but we won't let you go without sending you congratulations. And I know Pat will pick up on this probably anywhere rather than me take it. Uh, mm-hmm. they, the MACDME award for uh, was won by Dance 48 Club for their first puck play, so well done and congratulations on that. And I'm sure Pat will want to talk to a few lads, so we won't see his thunder on that one. So well done.
7: Okay, thanks very much for that, Nicky. Delighted to be associated with CRKC uh, with the McInerney Award, and I think what ourselves, in this 4GA, Comority 12, and CRKC, are pretty proud of this
1: achievement. Absolutely. Thanks, Derek. Take care. Okay, that was Derek Dooley. We're going to go straight into a couple of uh, junior games now that took place over the
8: weekend. JJ Cavanagh Son's Junior Hurling League Championship. Galmai 18 points, Emeralds 11 points. This game in Johnstown yesterday was a typical Round 5 league match, with nothing major at stake, only pride as both sides will look to improve in their upcoming championship games. Derek Quigley hit all 11 points for the Emeralds and it was him who opened their scoring in the fourth minute after he blocked down a Galmai defender and pointed from the left wing. Ocean Phelan hit five for Galmai and his first was in the fifth minute to level the game up before Quigley hit one from play and one from a free following a foul on Brian Campion in the tenth minute. Billy Drennan pointed nine frees for Galmai and his first in the eleventh minute was following a foul on Stephen Delaney. Ocean Phelan leveled the game three all following a Brendan Phelan pass before Dara Quigley hit Emeralds ahead 4-3. We then had the first moment of controversy when Galmai defender James Darcy received a blow off the ball resulting in an Emeralds forward receiving a straight red card and Darcy also had to leave the field injured being replaced by Kieran Phelan who did very well. Dara Quigley struck over one from play in the 21st minute before the Emeralds hit four wides in quick succession. Galmai then w- awakened with Nigel Stanley hitting a crossfield ball gathered by Tom Corkin and struck over the bar from midfield. Billy Drennan then struck over two frees after fouls in himself as he was pulled and dragged to leave at 6-5. Queeley and Drennan exchanged pints before the halftime break. Queeley was then wide from a free after he dispossessed a Galmai defender who was very slow to a short puck out. But in truth, the Emeralds could have been far higher on the scoring tally at halftime had they not struck 12 wides. They did open the second half well with Queeley pinting from a free and one from play. And then after a foul on himself, he struck over in the 33rd minute to leave Emeralds ahead 9-7. Billy Drennan replied and then Queeley again from a free before Stephen Delaney struck over one from play for Galmai in the 42nd minute to leave it 9-10. Emeralds' last score came in the 46th minute of the game after a Galmai defender fouled the ball when Quealy struck over a free from the left wing. And for the remaining 14-15 minutes, Galmai dominated. With Oshin Phelan pointing from play, Billy Drennan from a free and again from a 65, Oshin feeling hit a pair in succession as he went to town on the left wing. He then won a free which Billy Drennan put over the bar. Brandon Phelan struck over from distance as did Conor Drennan as Galmay ran out easy winners, 18 pints to 11. But in truth, both sides will want to improve for their upcoming championship games and this performance will not see them over the line in the future. Final score, Galmai 18 points. Emeralds, 11 points.
1: Well, yesterday in the JJ Kevin and Sons Junior Hurling League, Group A Round 6, Greg Nemanah overcame Kilmacow on a score of 117 to 16 points, which looks a competitive game to me, Rory, that didn't appear to be an awful lot in it on that score.
9: No, actually, Nicky, and a slight point of correction. It finished up 17 points to 116. Two-point game. Uh, slight correction to be made by the referee later on. But yeah, a good competitive game and played at a high pace all the, all the way through both first half and second half. Anybody that would be familiar with Ken Moore would know there's uh, a wind and a hill in it normally. Kim had in the first half but ended up a point down at half time, courtesy of a five point score A3 by Greg Manna from the 20th minute to the 25th minute. And that probably proved the difference in the end. Um, Kim, Kim, Kim um, rearranged the team slightly in the second half, and paid dividends, we got into, uh, brought it back to a point um, coming close to the game. Greg Manna uh, on a ball that was overturned. Uh, in midfield played up the corner forward ball blocked and as a way of the habit, uh, it was blocked into the pass it said down to finish back in the net but um, a good cracking game lively game and it probably having as you said six rounds of the league played down in our section of the junior grade establishes who's top who's bottom and what kind of uh, and prognosis might be for the rest of the campaign.
1: How's the league gone in general? Now, we've had you on uh, most of the games here, and uh, yeah. generally, you seem to be in very competitive and just coming out with close um, defeats, which maybe they could get over in the championship now in the in the next while.
9: Our hope is never the best policy. You prefer to go with, with uh, ability and, uh, and ambition, maybe. But at the moment, hope is what we have. Hard to say, Nicky, having seen all the teams, uh, definitely there seems to be two, two pods. In our section of the junior competition, ourselves, Kameen, possibly Piltown, and Greg uh would be clustered together. What I've seen of St Patrick's looks to be throwing shapes, were very impressive at the beginning of the campaign, and St Lochdon's a little bit ahead of everybody else. Having said, that, having said that, I saw blacks and whites at the early part of the year last year, and while they looked good and compact and very solid, I didn't think they were potential county champions, and I was proven wrong in that respect. Junior campaign is very, very uh, interesting. Uh, I think the six rounds of the league were useful uh, for all, all teams involved that established where we all stand. But the truth be told, the business end only starts now. And momentum, you can gain momentum through the preliminary rounds just as much as you can by being in the league final uh, and progressing into the quarters. So it's going to be pay for the next two or three weeks, and that's the way we all want it
1: to be. And do you know who you're playing next?
9: No. Uh, uh, we, uh, we understand it, and again, uh, not clarified completely yet. It's either the the winners are Rouge on Locks I
3: think. Of course. Uh, that game is
9: actually. Yeah.
1: Lose, that game yeah. is on Tuesday night. Look, Rory, I know oh, you're out and about today and I don't want oh, to hold God. you too long. Yeah. We do appreciate That's you taking a few minutes on the Sunday evening to give us that update. That's important to us and thank you again as usual. Michael,
10: Nicky. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Thanks, Nicky. The JJ Cavanagh Jr. hurling tie between Barrow Rangers and Winegap took place in ever developing Dunamagan pitch on Saturday afternoon. Ter- deferred by an hour, com- it commenced with a reflection of her past friends, Angela Troy from Paulstown, and John O'Brien, a former Wyngap club secretary, and Jimmy Cudahy. With both teams showing four changes, Wyngap appeared to be closer to full strength, as Joe Healy pointed the Paulstown men ahead from a free. By the ten minutes, the wind-assisted Wyngap's side were 1-4 to 0-2 ahead, as Jack Doyle gold, and Joe Healy replied. Looking very impressive, Wyngap had doubled their score by the 20th minute, when they led by 2.9 to 2 points, as Jack Doyle added his second goal. Looking back, that was almost that for Weingap's dominance, as the Paulstown men never gave up and battled hard to win the next 10 minutes scoring by 4 points to 2. This left the halftime score at 2.11 to 6 points in favour of Weingap. On the restart, the rejuvenated Barrow Rangers side continued with two quick points before James Power finished Weingap's third goal. This step left them 12 points up, 311 to 8 points. In reply, a brace of Ciaran Doyle points and a Joe Healy goal, after he intercepted a loose pass, had reduced the lead to seven points, 311 to 110, and there was only six minutes gone in the second half. The next 20 minutes saw the out outpoint wine Gap by five points to four, as one of their players, Michael Doyle, suffered a leg injury. With the score at 315 to 115. And ten minutes to go, 5 winger points pints saw Niall Welsh and Sean Purcell bring their tally to three apiece and Emmett Landy his to eight that included frees. Whilst four in reply included a brace from Jack Kelly and ones from Ciarán Dyle and Joe Healy as his haul rose to one goal and eight pints. The Barrow Ranger efforts also saw a number of unsuccessful shots at goal. All of this left the final score when on red tour Vivian Holmes called time of Bannon had 319, Barrow Rangers 118. After a good game, the winners will need to achieve a, lever, a greater level of consistency, whilst Barrow Rangers spirits will stand to them in the weeks ahead. Finally, as the report started on a reflection, a special word for a member of a club who were not playing this weekend. It followed the death of the Farmers' Sleeve Rue Secretary Mary Rocket. Mary was an outstanding administrator for over 30 years and a club hero to all. Who had a word and a smile for everyone? Good
1: so energy around him. and we send our sympathies too to the Rocket family. We have a couple of reports and a minor report. We'll do them tomorrow night on the TC Towers, and we'll also do the um, the D County final. Patrice Lavalde they report on that first as well. In junior soccer, it's uh, the Premier Division Clover two, Dean Celtic three, in uh, Division two Highview Beef nil, Evergreen forty six four. Lions B5, Dean Celtic B1, Spay United 3, Brookville 0, John St John's 3, Stonyford nil, In the uh, LFA Leinster O'Neill's uh, Cup, it's Bridge United 2, Lace AFC 1, Thomastown 4, Castleworth 1, Ormondville 3, Moon Celtic 1, Lions 5, Balbriggan nil 2. And in the Leinster uh, Senior Cup, Evergreen 3, Stream Celtic 2. Good results there. In hockey, in uh, the Ladies Division 11, it was uh, Kilkenny nil all with uh, Newbridge second in ladies division 7 it was Kilkenny seconds 2 and Pembroke Wanderer seventh nil ladies division 1 Glenan 2 Kilkenny nil and the, Lens and the men's Nebel Cup Kilkenny 14 Nace 1 that was some uh, achievement there uh, in soccer it was Bournemouth nil Chelsea nil other oh, wobbly at Chelsea and Leeds had a good 3 nil win over um, Millwall I haven't heard any more results Uh, there. Just uh, maybe Pat Tracy has joined us in the studio, and uh, Pat, reflections maybe on the matches at the weekend. Anything jump out at you? Um... Yeah,
0: well, uh, I suppose uh, Gordon were fairly impressive yesterday, uh, the way they went about their business, and, uh, the, you know, they conjured up the goals. Uh, the first goal was uh, really top-class, worked out uh, from the half-back line, Mikey Carey involved, and uh, his influence on the game grew and grew as it went on. Um, what else did I see? Well, I was watching the Fenians in Carrick-Shock. Carrick-Shock all the wides they hit. Uh, definitely had uh, loads of chances... Uh, uh, more chances than uh, the uh, Fenians, Fenians uh, fantastic line ball over the bar from uh, Conor Tobin was it and uh, he was right in front of us and he teed it up lovely and went straight and narrow over the black spot and uh, that was uh, I suppose the decisive score um, The saw the minor semi-final James Stevens against uh, O'Loughlin's James Stevens just overpowered him and that but uh,
3: you know no, Barry, easy, sorry, come Tracy. into the mic there. G- Pete Tracy, give me the, f- the two, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the f- uh, intermediate final. The last four. Last four.
0: The last four?
1: Yeah. Mm. You had the draw there. Thomas Town right. and Phoenix, take your pick. Thomas Town. Thomas Town. Martins and Munkine. Munkine. Donna Maggins and Young irelands
3: Hmm. Hey, yeah, you'd be there hesitating
0: now. there now, but uh, n- uh, yeah, I I'd, I I'd, I'd nearly go. What I saw yesterday with Young Ireland.
3: Yeah,
1: and uh, come on, do you give me any hope again, Liz Downey? <laughs>
0: yeah, that's that, that's every every chance. Uh, uh, Liz Downey didn't impress me at all today.
1: Yeah, but Pat, t- t- today was uh, today was just a practically waste of time, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, well, it was a, a, a puck
1: around, but having said that. Um, they didn't get too much possession of the ball. OK, we better go, lads. That's it. Uh, Tommy Dowd is coming next with the best in uh, country and Irish. We'll be back tomorrow night with the TC Terrace World of Gaelic Games. We have a couple of reports to put on that again. Uh, two junior matches, an e, a D county final and a minor B semi-final. And we'll go through all the other minors, permutations and combinations as well, and other underage games. So until uh, next week, Tommy Dowd coming up next. We'll uh, say slán August banacht.